Welcome back to Sports Touch with D. Crom, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, David Cromwell. In a so-called NFL offseason that has had more drama than any other, the intensity is only about to get crazier within the next 72 hours. On Monday at noon Eastern time, the NFL free agency frenzy essentially begins as teams can start to negotiate with representatives of free agents. And from then until the 2018 league year officially begins at 4 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday, expect many deals to be struck along with many unexpected twists and turns. And to give us all a preview of what to expect and anticipate these next few days is NFL insider extraordinaire Eric Trickle. Eric covers the NFL, the NFL draft, and the Denver Broncos for milehighhuddle.com. And he also hosts his own podcast, Trickle Down Theories, which I highly suggest you all check out, especially if you're a Broncos fan. Not only is Eric one of the most wired in people to the inner NFL world that I know, he is also an amazing friend and mentor. It's a pleasure to welcome Eric back to the program. How are you, Eric? I'm doing pretty good. It's good to be back on. It's been, what, well over a year since last time I was on, hasn't it? Uh, Actually, I think it's been almost three years. Last time I believe we had you on was uh, to preview Broncos training camp in 2015, the year they won the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. It's been that long. I thought it's been more recent than that. (laughs) Yeah, well, nonetheless, it's great to have you and your in-depth knowledge back on the program. And uh, let's start with what makes this year's free agency period so unique, and that is the amount of serviceable quarterbacks hitting the market. As you tweeted out last night, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that the crown jewel of this free agency class, Kirk Cousins, is headed to the Minnesota Vikings. From November till the combine, many people, including you, were very confident he would actually wind up with the Broncos. To your knowledge, what made Cousins change his mind? I'm not really sure what made him change his mind. I haven't been able to figure that out for the longest time. It's been Denver's been up there. Uh, Denver and Minnesota have been the final two teams, and it just came down. I mean, I know the legal tampering period hasn't started yet, but teams always talk contracts during the combine, even though they're not supposed to. They have they know ways to get around it. And Cousins and his representatives, they've been talking to Minnesota for a while. And I was just able to find out just the other day, um, either early yesterday morning or late Friday night. I'm not sure when the I got the email. But Cousins has an agreement in place with the Minnesota Vikings. And barring a 11th hour change, that's where he's going to end up. For like 27, 27 and a half million on an average per year basis. But as to what changed his mind, I can't really say. I'm assuming that it just is a matter of money and maybe Denver shifted their focus elsewhere. It'll be interesting to find out exactly what transpired on that front. And uh, you pretty much answered half of my second question. You said uh, uh, Cousins will give the Vikings some flexibility with uh, by signing for $27.5 million uh, per year, and that is less than what he could have gotten uh, from another team in terms of average uh, per year salary. But do you think uh, Cousins' new contract will give the Vikings enough wiggle room to keep most of their upcoming uh, young core that's due up for contract? Anthony Barr, Stephon Diggs, Daniil Hunter, uh, Eric Hendricks, uh, Trey Waynes? Yeah, I believe so. I think that's part of the reason why Cousins is, was willing to take a little bit less and not hit that 28 at least average that a lot of people thought he would after Jimmy Garoppolo's deal. Is He wants to keep the core intact. He wants to be able to be competitive for a few years. and. I think Minnesota, they're going to be looking at guys in this draft to maybe replace one or two of them as well to provide more flexibility, not with just their cap space, but with their roster in general. 
That definitely makes sense. And with Cousins pretty much about to be donning purple, this likely means that Case Keenum, the man who helped the Vikings get to the NFC Championship game last season, will be headed to the Broncos. Many were expecting Keenum to get a deal bigger than the one Brock Osweiler got from the Texans in 2016, but you remain adamant that this is not the case. Does it look like the Broncos will have a potential out of this probable deal after the 2018 season, kind of like the Bears had with Mike Lennon this past year? Yeah, what, what I've been told multiple times has been that Case Keenum's self-value isn't represent, doesn't represent the value that other teams have for him. He just he just has had one good year, and there's been a lot of bad years of starting out there for him that teams are going to be uncomfortable with. And he's entering the age of quarterbacks where you don't really want him there because you want to go a little bit younger. He's just right around 30 years old. So the money there, it's everybody's talking about, um, 18 million plus. I've heard that it's closer to 15 million with a high of about 17 million and the 20 million that he values himself at isn't there. And any team that signs him, they're going to want an out either after one year or two year from what I have heard. The most common thing has been basically a four year deal with two years and then two years. We'll see. Oh, that is very fascinating. And at this time, uh, what are the most likely landing spots for these other top free agent quarterbacks, starting with Sam Bradford? Sam Bradford, I would bet on either the Buffalo Bills. Um, they're trying to trade up into the top five and get a rookie quarterback. Having a veteran sit behind him would be what's best for them. And Sam Bradford just makes a ton of sense there. And I can't see them going after any of these other big free agent quarterbacks on the market or even some of these younger guys. Sam Bradford, just it's, it, he just seems to work the best with them. I completely agree there. And how about A.J. McCarron? A lot of us, including yourself, were expecting him to go with the Browns until they struck a trade for Tyrod Taylor this past Friday. Where do you think he ends up? The Browns wanted him, but it was just a matter of Dorsey showing that he's the man in charge, not Hugh Jackson. He stuck his foot down and he went out and got the guy that he thought was best for them in Tyrod Taylor. As for McCarron, I can see the Jets trying to get after him. and I mean, they're not sure if they'll be able to get a quarterback at six. They're not even sure if they'll be able to trade up. And A.J. McCarron might provide that flexibility, or they'll stick with Josh McCown. If the Jets don't target A.J. McCarron, then the Cardinals could be after him. Maybe the Saints, depending on what happens with Drew Brees. But my best guess, I haven't heard anything solid on McCarron ever since the Brown stuff fell through. My best guess will be that he ends up in Arizona, though. That is a definite possibility. And how about um, the third former, soon-to-be former Vikings quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater? He's hard because he's coming off of two years without playing a single snap or with barely playing any football. And teams want to be cautious of that. He wants to be come in as a starter. He thinks that he's ready. He thinks that he can continue the steps and progression that he showed before he got hurt. Um, I don't see a team giving him big money, maybe one year and we'll see kind of deal. Uh, probably another another year or two onto that, just with the option after the first one to get out of it in case he's not ready to go. As for who does it, I know Denver has interest there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants look his way. They They would actually probably be the team that I keep the eye on the most when it comes to Teddy Bridgewater. Eli Manning's coming down. They can sit there and give. Teddy Bridgewater an extra year or two to see how he is really going, get him more time in game. If Eli Manning really regresses this year, they can put him in and see him goes. And plus there's that relationship that they, that he has with the giants coach. 
Uh, Pat Shermer, indeed, that connection definitely makes sense. And that will only add to the speculation that the Giants might not be looking at a quarterback with the second overall pick. And what has made this so-called NFL offseason so much fun is all the trades that have already gone down. Since the week of the Super Bowl, 11 trades have been struck, including four within a 24-hour period this weekend by the Cleveland Browns alone. Plus, the wheeling and dealing could get even more intense over these next few days. Which players do you see getting shipped either before or on Wednesday? The two big names that I'd keep an eye on are Earl Thomas from Seattle and the Honey Badger from Arizona. They've been linked to multiple trades. I've heard a lot of teams have been calling on them. I've heard a lot of teams are even talking trade stuff with them. The Browns have a lot of interest in them both, so I wouldn't be surprised if they end up pulling off another one. They have plenty of ammo to do so. And then another team that I've heard linked to them has been the Panthers, that they want to shore up their secondary a little bit and getting another a safety who can come down and help cover that third corner has been talked about a lot. And then with the Broncos, um, Trevor Simeon, um, he's one that I fully expect to be gone. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens within this next week. Other players that are being talked about, there's Jawan James, the right tackle from Miami. Denver has a lot of interest there. There's um, the there's Cordy Glenn from the Bills. He's another offensive lineman that's likely on the move. And there's a few, there's a bunch of other names that are being talked about still that I'm not seeing get traded, but they're at least being floated around on the market. I completely agree. It would definitely make a ton of sense if Cordy Glenn is included in such a final package, given the fact that the Colts and Giants are two of the most offensive line needy teams in the National Football League. And another key part of free agency is players that get released by teams for one reason or another. A big player, literally and figuratively speaking, who looks increasingly likely to get released is Adamakon Sue. On a scale of 1 to 10, how likely is that to occur? I would put it at a seven right now, and it's increasing as every hour goes by. They He's another player that they've been trying to trade, but his contract makes it hard. They can use a little bit extra cap. That's why they're also looking to move Jawan James. That's why they moved Jarvis Landry, among other reasons. So I think by by the time this is done and over with, I think so is somewhere else and not with the Dolphins. Uh, where are some potential landing spots for Adamakon Sue after he gets released? I really have no idea i haven't since he's still under contract and just being talked about as released i haven't talked to anybody about him to try to get any potential landing spots uh, i try not to do that for the most part until they are either done set to be cut or obviously coming up on their contract running out and being free agents so i can't really say i can only make a couple um, guesses for it and maybe the bills i mean they've Kyle Williams and then Marcel Darius, they're both interior guys. One of them they traded to Jacksonville, so they can use help on the interior. They're expected to be looking hard there in the draft, but if they trade up, they're going to lose some of that ammo. So he makes sense there, and a few other teams can be looking his way. It's just it's hard to speculate when I don't have much information on it. And that is called responsible journalism, ladies and gentlemen. And any other notable players we should expect to get released these next few days as opposed to traded? Um, I'm sure there are. I just can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, most of the guys that I've heard and expected to be cut have been already. Um, obviously, there's some other names. Um, the Jets, all their guys that they were expected to cut, they've all been cut or retired. Um, 
the Packers, they have a couple receivers that they're looking at, and they one of those guys maybe cut either um, Jordy Nelson or um, Randall, uh, Randall Cobb. Cobb. Yeah. Yes, and if you had to guess, which one of those two is the likeliest to get released? Randall Cobb. Uh, Rogers just has a much better relationship with Jordy Nelson, both on and off the field. And when you have that franchise quarterback, you keep him happy. I completely agree there. And what is the most likely landing spot for the following free agents, starting with Alan Robinson? Um, a friend of mine, Aaron Lemming, and another friend of the program last night said that he expects Alan Robinson's sweepstakes to come down between the 49ers and the Bears. Where does Alan Robinson end up? My guess is that he ends up in, with the Bears. The 49ers do have a lot of interest there, and so do the Browns, and I wouldn't rule the Browns out. I've heard speculation of them offering a four-year deal with – I think like $17 million average per year, making him one of the highest paid receivers in the NFL. They, they really are after him. They have plenty of ammo to fill other holes in the draft and plenty of money to spend. But in the end, I think that there's enough, there's more in Chicago to entice Allen Robinson that he might take a little bit less to sign with them. Yes. Uh, he is connected to some coaches on the bears coaching staff uh, who uh, coached him at Penn State, and uh, that has been uh, tossed around uh, by many people. And another big wide receiver on the market, Sammy Watkins. Does he resign with the Rams, or does he go elsewhere? I think he ends up um, resigning with the Rams. They know they know what he is. They know how to use him, and he's had a really good year for them. And keeping a top receiver target for Jared Goff is just key. They've been working on a deal they have been for a while. I heard that they were close, but still quite a ways away. So it's just a matter of getting the finishing touches on it before free agency starts. That would make a lot of sense. And Nate Solder, arguably the best tackle in a weak offensive tackle market. I think he, he's hard because I know he wants to stay in New England. He doesn't want to move his family. His son's battling cancer and they live near one of the best pediatric cancer clinics there is in the country, let alone. And I think it's one of the best ones in the world as well. So I know he doesn't want to uproot his family and he wants to stay in New England. The question is, does New England want to keep him? I've heard conflicting reports on this saying that they really want to keep him and that they're willing to spend big on him. I've heard reports that they want to, or I've heard people say that he wants to stay, but he wants to get paid while they want to keep him cheap. And I've heard other talks that they want to move on from him and bring back their other offensive tackle more so. If he does go elsewhere, there are so many teams in the NFL that need offensive line help that I can't say for sure anywhere. He's not one that I'm paying close attention to. I think he's an overrated player, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos do have interest, even though I don't think they should. Um, any of these teams, the Houston Texans could have interest. Seattle could have interest. Even though they traded for Dwayne Brown, they can move one of them over to right tackle. Just so many teams with offensive line an offensive line need that they got to make a move. And we talked about them before, but the Giants and the Colts too, I would expect to have their eyes on Nate Solder and his situation as well. It'll be a very interesting market for Nate Solder nonetheless. And the Seahawks, uh, Richard Sherman isn't the only guy they are going to say goodbye to. They're likely to say goodbye to Jimmy Graham as well. Where do you think he ends up? Uh, how likely is a reunion with Drew Brees in New Orleans for Jimmy Graham? I think it's very likely. I know that he, he didn't really want to be traded. He didn't want to leave. He has a good relationship with Drew Brees. So that's, that's where I think he ends up back in New Orleans. 
Um, other teams can look his way. He's still a pretty solid receiving threat, especially in the red zone. And there's a lot of teams that need that help. I know Denver's going to be hard after a tight end. So I would be surprised if Denver looks his way to try to help fix their horrendous red zone offense. That would make sense. But the most likely thing, according to my loins, would be a reunion with Drew Brees if the Saints can pony yeah. up enough cash. And the Seahawks are also saying goodbye to the Richardson brothers. Let's start with the first of the two Richardson brothers in Paul Richardson, another underrated receiver on the market. He has a lot bigger market than I was told he would two weeks ago. There are at least 14 teams that are expected to express interest in him. And no one that I've talked to has any kind of idea which way he and his agents are leaning. I know Denver was expected to have a lot of interest there in bringing him back, but they think his price tag may got of, may have gotten a way out of hand and above what they were willing to spend there, especially with them keeping Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Um, maybe the Packers look his way. They're going to be big spenders in free agency if they move on from Randall Cobb or even Jordy Nelson. They can be looking at him. Uh, who knows the Patriots? They may go. They may go after him. That's just a guess because you can never really guess what the Patriots are going to do. Um, multiple other teams need a receiver. Bears could show interest. Bears could, Bears need so much receiving help. They can show interest. They'll they'll probably show interest in more than just one. And Richardson would be very complimentary next to or in the slot with the other receivers they have. And if they get Allen Robinson. The 49ers could use him. They locked up Jenny Garoppolo. They can use more receiving help. So it's his market's going to be extensive. So I don't know. I don't know which way he's leaning. Uh, yes, it's going to be a very interesting market for Paul Richardson, as was reported by several others as well. And the other Richardson likely to leave Seattle is Sheldon Richardson. Where do you think he ends up? A lot of the teams that are meeting with Muhammad Wilkerson, I would keep an eye on for Sheldon Richardson as well. Um, his market's expected to be pretty similar to it. Um, I know the Packers have a lot of interest in both Richardson and Wilkerson. And if they don't get one, I would expect them to get the other. The Chiefs have interest in both of them. And I know that, I think I think it was the Bills have a lot of interest in, in Richardson as well. But I'm not positive. I can't remember what the other team was, uh, was that I was going to get ready to talk about. Yes, but it would make sense if the Bills were one of those teams, especially for the fact that Sean McDermott prizes interior defensive linemen in his system, and he's willing to take risks on guys with uh, character concerns, and Sheldon Richardson fits the mold in both of those uh, check marks. And uh, moving on to a very underrated free agent that's going to get a very healthy market, one of the underrated heroes from Super Bowl 52, Trey Burton, the tight end who threw the touchdown on the Philly special play. Where do you think Trey Burton ends up? He's another one who's going to have a lot bigger market. Teams are not as high on this draft class as some people in draft Twitter like myself are. And his market was expected to be maybe a three to $4 million deal. Now I'm hearing that it's going to be 6 million plus on an average per year basis. Um, the Dolphins have a lot of interest, interest there. They want to bring in a tight end really badly. They don't like the guys that they have very much. And they're dealing with a lot of injuries there. Denver, they really wanted him, but his price tag may have gotten a bit out of hand. Um, then there's, let's see, there was, there used to, two weeks ago, there was, I was told of six teams that had interest in Trey Burton, and now it's over 15. So his market's going to be extensive, and I just know of the 
Dolphins and the Broncos as two of the teams that are for sure to have interest in him. It's going to be fascinating to see where Trey Burton ends up. He could end up being a big difference maker wherever he goes. And moving on to the defensive side of the ball, uh, the hero of Super Bowl 49, Malcolm Butler, is likely headed his way out of New England. Where do you think he ends up? The team to keep an eye on here with basically any big name defensive back is the Carolina Panthers. They have, they're looking hard at Tremaine Johnson, Malcolm Butler, and Bashad Breland. So they're the team to watch. The Oakland Raiders are another one that's there. And even the 49ers, they still have interest in bringing in another one, even though they brought in Richard Sherman already. It would make sense either place. And an underrated corner who, when healthy, has been a stud, dare I say, EJ Gaines. He's going to have a similar market, though it's going to depend a lot on what happens with Tremaine Johnson and Malcolm Butler and Bashad Breland. Um, I know the Packers have their eyes on Gaines as well. The Lions have some interest there. The Raiders have a lot of interest in EJ Gaines. And so do the Arizona Cardinals, I think, is the other team that has a lot of interest in him. It's an NFC West team. It may be Seattle or it's either Seattle or Arizona. I just can't remember which one off the top of my head. Yeah, Seattle could definitely uh, take a flyer on him after uh, releasing Richard Sherman, who now who yesterday signed with the 49ers and arguably one of the top safety on the free agent market, Kenny Vaccaro. Where do you see him ending up? The Panthers are a team to watch. Um, I'd keep an eye on the on Washington, especially if they trade Sua Cravens. Um, let's see here. Um, the Buccaneers, they need a lot of help in this help in the secondary still. And I know that they had some interest in trading for Vaquero before the trade deadline this last year, they made an offer to new Orleans. So I wouldn't be surprised if they make an offer to, to him once the free agent, once free agency starts. And the, the safety market is one that's hard to gauge Right now, everybody I've talked to is having a hard time with it. There's a lot of belief in this rookie class, too, that's affecting the safety market. As there should be. I saw a lot of those guys in Mobile. It is a very promising uh, and deep rookie safety class. And an underrated nickel cornerback, Aaron Colvin. He's going to have a pretty healthy market, I would guess. Where do you think he ends up? His market's going to be a lot better than a lot of people think because teams believe that he isn't just a nickel corner. They believe he can be an out boundary corner, an outside corner that's a number one or number two guy. He has played really well in Jacksonville, and I know Denver had interested, had a lot of interest in him. They were hoping that maybe they can bring him in because that provides an option with what they do with Bradley Roby and Chris Harris, but his price tag has skyrocketed. I've heard rumors of over $10 million APY, and I've heard any I've also heard that it could be anywhere up to a 15 million average per year contract for Aaron Colvin, which is outstanding for the market, especially with this corner class of free agents. Whereas for teams that have interest in him, basically anybody that needs secondary help, they're going to have a lot of interest in him, which is going to help out his market even more. It's going to be fascinating to see where he ends up. And last but not least, Dantari Poe, who had a kind of a renaissance season last year with the Falcons. Where do you think he ends up? The issue with Poe is that he still has back issues and he still has concerns about keeping his weight in check. 
those two things do not bode well, especially when you're a 350 pound nose tackle. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if in the end he ends up back with Atlanta on just another one year deal. I'm not expecting his market to be as good as some others are. And I think that teams are just going to be scared away from those big men with the injury concerns and with how much teams are going into sub packages, you don't need to spend big on that nose tackle. And there's a lot of good nose tackles coming up in this draft class as well. There most certainly is. And you also tweeted out last night uh, two other big-name free agents where they're pretty likely to hand up. Uh, it, it, is it a pretty much a foregone conclusion that Andrew Norwell will head to the Giants? That was my educated guess. Um, that whole tweet was just educated guess based on stuff I've been hearing. Andrew Norwell to the Giants has been the big talk of the town for a while now and that they are expected to go 500% after him and offering him a huge deal and just be one of many moves they make to revamp their offensive line. Uh, yes, and another report suggested that the Arizona Cardinals, who have Steve Wilt as their head coach, also who was connected to Norwell from their days together in Carolina, as was Giants GM Dave Gettleman. Uh, how big of a push do you expect the Cardinals to make for Norwell? I would expect them to make a big one as well, though it, I think it'll come down to where Norwell feels he's best suited for, and because I think the money will be pretty similar. And I think that he's going to end up going to the Giants because Arizona's in a really bad spot compared to New York. I would agree there as well. And you mentioned Trumaine Johnson. He is likely to end up with the Raiders, but uh, would you be surprised if he ends up with the 49ers to, to play opposite Richard Sherman? I would not. I know that that the 49ers still have a lot of interest in Tremaine Johnson, um, that when Denver and the 49ers agreed to a trade for Akeem Tlaib. It was the 49ers still had intentions of going hard after Tremaine Johnson. That trade fell through because Denver didn't want to trade Tlaib to somewhere where he didn't want to go. They respected his wishes, which is makes them a favorable destination destination for players. And then they moved shift focus to the Sherman. They got Sherman. So I don't expect that to change anything with their pursuit of Johnson at all. Tremaine Johnson is the top corner on the market, and he is Eric Trickle, ladies and gentlemen, NFL insider. You can catch his work at milehighhuddle.com. And Eric, thank you so much for donating your time and whatever information your countless sources around the league have permitted you to share with us today. But before uh, you go, we have some fan questions for you, and this is from Gary, who happens to be my dad and a Bears fan. What other positions aside from the wide receiver position do you expect the Bears to target in free agency? I would expect them to look at linebacker. A little bit. I know that they have some issue, a little bit of issues there. Um, Danny Trevithan has been dealing with some injuries, and uh, I'm just not sure on the rest of the rest of their guys. I'm I don't follow the Bears that closely. I've just heard that the that they're looking hard at defense. They want to get that defensive coordinator the pieces that he wants. Yes, they could definitely um, uh, revamp that linebacking core because uh, Trevathan can't stay healthy and they just released Jarrell Freeman. And that would be an excellent um, route for the Bears to go in free agency. And this is from my friend Trey, who is a Carolina Panthers fan. Uh, after trading for Torrey Smith uh, on Friday, how do you see the Panthers further addressing the wide receiver position in free agency? They, they'll be hard looking hard at the market. They'll be they'll have eyes on Allen Robinson to see what he what happens with him. But guys like Marquise Lee, if the Jaguars don't retain him, Paul Richardson, Jordan Matthews, um, Cody Latimer. I know that there's a lot of mutual interest between the Panthers and Cody Latimer and Dante Moncrief. There's mutual interest there as well.
And the next question comes from Brian, who is a Broncos fan. Aside from Case Keenum, what are the Broncos plans at quarterback? Do, do you still expect them to take a, a quarterback in the first round if they can, especially if even if Keenum has a, a two years of guarantees and then an out after two years? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's 100%. It, it obviously depends on what happens with the Bills wanting to move up. The Jets could be moving up. The Cardinals are wanting to move up, depending on what the rest of how the top five shakes out. Denver will still probably take a quarterback at number five. So I think the only quarterback that guarantees they don't was Kirk Cousins, and that doesn't seem likely. And basically because he's a done deal to Minnesota as much as you can be at this point. And Brian also wants to know, uh, is Denver going to have a free agency splash like they did in 2014? It all depends on what happens with the quarterback. If they get Kirk Cousins, I think they will be – a little bit wiser with their spending, try to get some guys that are flying under the radar a little bit that could be really good value signings. If they don't get Kirk Cousins, I would expect them to be a little bit harder in pursuit of other bigger free agents to try to help put a core around Case Keenum or and or the rookie quarterback they end up bringing in. And last but not least, we have a question from Brandon, who is a Vikings fan. What are the Vikings' plans at backup quarterback? Do they plan to roll with Kyle Sloter to back up Kirk Cousins, or do they plan to draft somebody on day two or day three as a development project to back him up? They'll look at the draft. They like Kyle Sloter a lot, and he'll be competing with the rookie that they bring in, but he likely is a number three quarterback for them this next year with the rookie taking that backup spot. Eric Trickle, thank you once again for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric Trickle, and that is E-R-I-C-K, just to let you all know. Eric, thank you for joining us, and we hope to have you back on sometime in the near future. Thanks for having me. You're welcome, Eric. The pleasure was all ours. And that's it for today here on Sports Crunch with D-Crom. But we will be back later this week with more of our Dash of the Draft series and a recap of this free agency frenzy, so stay tuned. Also, be sure to check out the episode archive as well as an up-to-date blog of mine at sportscrunch.com. And once again, that is Crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Eric Trickle, especially since there's never an off-season for Talking Football. For Eric Trickle, our producer Chris Broadhead, I'm David Cromwell saying so long, and of course, stay awesome.